Welcome to the Numb Bills Fan Podcast for April 28th, 2015. It's just me today. David Palermo at your service. I don't know where Adam Deacon is today to co-host, whatever you want to call him. I look at him like an equal or my stat geek because I don't want to look up all these stats by myself. I guess it's kind of fun. Depends what kind of mood you're in. But if you know Deacon, he tends to just disappear. I love him. He's my bud. But I don't know where he is right now. He's probably sleeping. Probably had a big day. He works at Hagedorn's in Webster, New York, which is a suburb of Rochester. And he makes donuts and he works overnight. So usually we fire these off pretty late. And I'm already starting around 930 anyway. So can't get any later. Deacon, sorry bud, love you, but the show must go on. I must save it. This should really be the draft edition podcast, but I'll be honest with you, with no first rounder, I kind of checked out a little bit early. Usually I try to follow what Mark Hyper and Todd McShay say, which I usually think is, it is what it is. Mark Hyper is kind of uh, really narrow-minded. You know, especially with the Bills. Oh, hey guys, if you don't have a franchise quarterback, uh, you're pretty much shot. So your draft was useless. And then they pick up, you know, try to take EJ Manuel. And I understand what we think about that pick. But hey, up in the air. But, you know, Mel Kuyper just likes to trash people as, as far as w- without really even having a pulse on the team like I, I think he should. Uh, Todd McShay is a little more reasonable. I really like Mike Mayock. He seems to be like a risky guy. Like he just swapped up his quarterbacks. You know, he thinks Jameis Winston will not go first. And it'll be Marcus Mariota. But, you know, this year I'm not really into it, honestly. Um, Because all they cover is the first round of the draft. Hey, what do you guys think is going to be rounds one through you know, picks one through 32. I mean, who's going to fall where? And really, I always found the interesting, the most interesting part of the draft for me is really who do you find in the middle rounds that contribute? And the Bills have had holes for so many years that it makes you wonder, all right, now what do we do this year? Because what what is there really to fill? I am really clueless on that. I mean... Of course, everybody's going to say, oh, get a quarterback, get a quarterback. Well, there really isn't one worth it. Oh, well, draft one every year. Well, what happens when you draft one every year? Let's be real about that. That would be great. But the way the CBA is set up, how are they going to get reps? Use your little noggin a little bit, people, please. It gets old hearing people calling, oh, I should draft one every year. You never know what you're going to get. Really? Yeah, you never know what you're going to get. Now, how many Tom Brady's in the world have happened? Yeah, Tony Romo was undrafted. Yes, Joe Montana was a second-round pick. I, I get it. Oh, Russell Wilson's so fantastic. You know what they have, the Seahawks? A great defense and an outstanding run game. Big surprise that that's coming back because franchise quarterbacks don't grow on trees. Um, I'm pretty psyched, though. I would like to see what they do. Um, I think... The draft is really a great time to read the tea leaves to get a pulse on what you think is going to happen. Example, all these free agent signings. My great friend, uh, not named Jeff Knight, 
you know, he's a little frugal on the wallet. Sometimes he won't want to go to a diner, you know, where you can get a meal for four bucks to seven bucks, depending how risky you feel, because it's really going to damage the pocketbook. Everybody has their thing. That's not my thing. If you know me, I'm a little dumb with my money. As far as, you know, food and whatever I want, I just go buy it because I'm like a little kid. But he's really worried about, well, what are we going to do about Marcel Darius? What are we going to do about Stefan Gilmer when their contracts are up? And, you know, that's how the team, I, I felt, always worked, where they've been, well, you know, unless it's for the right price and what we value, we might, you know, we might have to go on without you. And, you know, as far as Darius and Gilmore, the way I look at it is, can we enjoy an off season where they finally spend on free agency? I mean, really, how, how long ago was it? Hey, buddy, Nick, uh, what are you doing the night of free agency on the night before? Well, I'll be sleeping. Really? Why? And it's like, okay, dude, you could use some people. I don't know if you know what you inherited, buddy, Nick, but um, there's really nobody on that team besides Kyle Williams. I guess you could say Leotis McKelvin and the running backs were solid, but... I think there was a few spots, you know, a couple offensive line were good. There were a few spots, you know, you could have picked somebody up. And he, you know, it's been great this year that the free agency side was finally what I've expected. Where it's like, whoa, we're spending money. We are doing it. We are wheeling and dealing. We're going to make things happen. Let's go. And it just brings me up to the point of let's worry about Darius and Gilmer when we get to it. And what I mean by the tea leaves, Jarius Bird's last year was the uh, 2013 season. They drafted Jonathan Meeks and Duke Williams, both safeties. Where's Jarius Bird? He's not here. That said, think about this. Back when that happened, Rolf was still the owner. So... You know, that uh, now I, I feel like, especially with Rex Ryan, he's going to get these guys to take less money. That's that's a fact. A lot of guys have done it. Um, a lot of people want to talk about Mario Williams restructuring. And honestly, I think that's a possibility because not for nothing, the dude's over 30 and the guy really needs to, Look at it like, okay, this is a great opportunity to team. This coach is awesome. And by the way, uh, I made a lot of money the first few years with this team before they've needed to actually spend to the cap or they actually have. Because you assume not. We all are. I don't understand why guys like Chris Kelsey got a what was that, $36 million contract. I thought he was useless. I will never forget Chris Johnson just running right by him. Right in front of me for like 80 yards a few years ago. That was great. But fact of the matter is, if they take a defensive tackle, if they take a cornerback, which you could say they should take every year, that's just like GM speak. But that that might mean, hey, we're not really confident in giving Darius that much money. We might not value his position that high. Or it really could just be, hey, we need depth at the position. Now, I think they need more defensive end help over defensive tackle help. 
I thought the defensive tackles played all right. They weren't as good against the run, though, as Kyle and Darius. But the, the reserves, I thought, you know, Corbin Bryant, I thought that dude was solid, man. Jarius Wynn, I thought they were solid. I thought Wynn provided some, some good defensive end help, you know, because some people think, and I agree, we got lucky. No, Really no big injuries on a defensive line at all. You know, nobody got hurt on the whole team, I thought. Thought everybody was pretty solid. One way I could see them going is you take some depth guys, you you plug some some guys in there, but at the same time, you know, plug them in for the future. You know, everybody says build through the draft. That's just how it's won. You know, you you really want to do it that way. And the Bills have always talked that you got to build through the draft. Meaning we got to save money. We don't want to have a headache when it comes to these free agents. But if you build it a draft, you get them your way and this and that. And it, it it hopefully works out. But what are the odds of having a whole team where, you know, I know you got to shoot for it, but where everybody just plugs back into position. Jerry's Bird leaves, boom. Duke Williams should be great to go, right? Uh, you never know. I don't really trust it, but it, there's so many variables in this dumb game that we really like, and I think that's why we're into it. And it all comes down to coaching, uh, all comes down to how he was evaluated, the player himself. And I don't care how much money you're making. We all sometimes, if we're doing a job that is really hard work, we might not give it everything. So hopefully you get a player that does give it everything. I was really thinking that need-wise, I'm not really sure, you know, the big consensus is offensive linemen. I mean, I think inside linebacker, I I have kind of a question mark with that one. You know, they have a knack of getting linebackers. I mean, look at Bradham, Kiko, Preston Brown. You know, these guys have stepped up. I even thought Arthur Motes was pretty solid. And that dude's still in the league. And if you're in the league for, what, six, seven years, five years, that's not bad. And if you know me, I, I, I trust in Doug Wheelie. I thought when Buddy Nix took over, I was like, okay, finally a guy was cutting McCargo. All right, let's get over this. You know, and I, I didn't think Buddy Nix was the greatest, but I felt like he, he put in there a solid foundation. But Wheelie... And and buddy next the coaching staff or the uh, scouting staff, they they did a great job with the linebackers and defensively. I thought they'd done all right. Um, Stephon Gilmore took a little bit for him to come into form. I thought he showed flashes first year, second year. You know the injury. I lost faith in him. I was like, this kid's kind of useless, but he is always near the guy. And you know, offensive lineman is really everybody's must pick which honestly I'm not sure if I agree think about this they took three last year three offensive linemen last year you got Cyrus Quanjo round seven who was an anomaly I mean he worked out clearly he dropped for a reason but somebody somebody told him you know get your act together they, you know, they gave him a shot, and it worked out. Now, with the new staff, I don't know where these guys are going to go. Nobody does. They all say, oh, we're, you really can't 
tell yet you know if it was you know that bad before do you want to keep guys where they were I don't believe in bumping and a lot of people want to say bump Cordy Glenn into left guard I don't me what do I know though I'm not some coach I'm just a dumb fan and I think if he's solid there you leave him there if Henderson was solid on the right side you leave him there if Richie Incognito has something to prove you leave him at left guard. You leave Eric Wood at center, which, you know, he's solid. So you're left with right guard. But you have Cyrus Quanjo, the tackle you drafted last year, that didn't make the field. You got Cyril Richardson, who was playing over Craig Urbic, I don't know why, last year. But we need to hit the reset button on the 2013 and 2014 draft. And that goes especially for the offensive lineman. I, obviously, Eric Woods is all right. We don't have to talk about E.J. Manuel. We've all been over it. But I will put E.J. Manuel in this group with the offensive lineman from last year. It's a new lease on life for them because you're not having some schmuck hiring some kid on from Syracuse, came with them, and Hackett, nice guy. I'm sure he has a bright mind, but Marone didn't trust him, and he handcuffed him. Or you could be on the other side saying, oh, Hackett, you don't know what you're doing, man. You're weighing over your head. And I will say one thing. E.J. Manuel is set up to fail. How do you have a first-year offensive coordinator and no quarterbacks coach? You're going to just double duty that? Get out of here. And not for nothing, I believe every single offensive player degressed majorly. Over those two years. How that refers to the offensive line? Well, maybe Cyrus Quandro can make the field. He did have an off big off season, you know, working hard, which I hope. And you got these guys, it's not for long. NFL, you know, not for long. I hope, you know, I trust Doug Wee to draft guys with good heads. They seem same with Knicks. These guys, you know, last few years, they seem to be doing great with the character guys. And now you got a coach like Rex where you could risk getting a non-character. You know, that makes no sense. But, you know, a guy who has some some issues, like an incognito, and, hey, let's let's work together here. And Doug Brown just crushed a, too, many, too many cooks in the kitchen, or whatever metaphor you want to use. You know, too many guys telling people to do what. Don't forget that the the tight ends coach for the Bills last year was the offensive line coach at Syracuse. So when you hear these interviews with the offensive linemen like Eric Wood or Craig Urbick last year, oh, everybody, uh, yeah, you know, you got all these guys watching us. And you kind of read, again, you want to read the tea leaves? Yeah, we don't know what to do. You guys are confusing us. You're putting too much pressure. Whatever it is, it didn't sink. And I don't see them wasting a second. I guess you can't call it a waste. Unless it's a surefire right guard. I don't see them doing it. I don't see that. Or a guy that can play both positions between guard and tackle. Okay? If you can find a dude like that in the second round, you're nuts if you don't take him. And at their pick, it, you don't. I don't know how many guys in the first round are going to drop down, especially if you if a lot of guys are saying there's about 20, some people say 15 guys that are 
first round grades, which you could say that happens every draft, or this year has not much of a difference between pick 30 and 50, to give you an idea, or even 20 to 50, which is scary. So you can go either way. You clearly want a day one starter, but you also want to see these guys to come come into fruition. And why would you do that? Why would you take another guy for to to see if he can do it? If you got Cyril Richardson and Quanjo, who could possibly play guard, I don't know. I don't know their footwork. I don't know anything, but I'm just telling you what people I hear on the radio. Just I don't know why you're listening to this. You could just listen to everything else, but you're here. I'm yours right now, and I'm just going to puff it to you what I hear other people say. And they all say, bump Cordy Glenn into guard. Bump, move Harrison to the left side. Or not Harrison, sorry. Henderson to the left side at tackle. And let's rearrange it. I don't care what they do because I trust the staff. I mean, they are loaded on the coach's side. Seriously. Like, the coaching staff is absolutely loaded. We've I've gone over that in other podcasts. If you don't know, just look it up. Um, these, these guys are going to come come to form. You know, Greg Rome is going to have a scheme where, hey, just same philosophy as Rex Ryan. The philosophy is give us the good players. We'll, we'll tailor our system to them, and we're going to have them be at their strengths. So what I'm saying is, is I I'm, will not be shocked if these guys like Quanjo and Cyril Richardson work out. It's not nuts to think that. And really, with the offensive weapons, how long does any quarterback on that team need to hold on to the ball for if you're worried about pass protection? But I have faith in Rex. What did everybody think about uh, the Sammy Watkins thing last year? I had the same reaction as I did for EJ Manuel, where I raised my hand, probably both hands, both arms up, thinking about donuts right before the pick. And then I'm like, you know, pick comes in. And I just slam my hand, hands down and just swore a lot. Because, you know, I'm a, I'm a big draft expert, clearly. But I didn't understand EJ Manuel so early. But, hey, at least they went and tried to get a guy. It looked like Cam Newton light to me. And thanks to Andrew Luck not coming out a year earlier. Yes, we did get Darius that draft of Cam Newton. But we would have had Cam Newton at three. Thank you, Andrew Luck. I don't hate you anymore now, but I'm just saying still a little bit of resentment, but Darius is all right. He's okay. I think, I think big stuff gets the job done pretty good. He'll drive a car pretty fast. As far as the second, you know, to the, the second year for the Maroon staff with, uh, you know, Sammy Watkins, my second reaction same exact thing, but probably even more pissed because one and one is two to me, and I do not understand how you put two first round picks, which it with a coaching staff. Oh, sorry, two first round picks on a wide receiver with a coaching staff that does not have a quarterback and clearly does not know what they're doing offensively. You know, put yourself back in 2013. Oh, all of a sudden, Stevie Johnson's out that draft too. You know, once they draft the Watkins, I'm like, well, there goes Stevie. I really like Steve Johnson. 
and understand Watkins is he will be a beast. That that dude is just so thick. He you know I I would take Watkins over Stevie, but why couldn't you have Watkins, Stevie, and and and, and Woods? You know it would have been incredible. But we're here now, and now that we have a new coaching staff, that Sammy Watkins pick, I'm like, all right, we could do this. Because to go back to EJ Manuel, now we got a new set of eyes on this guy. You guys watch NFL Network ever? You know, they do those little countdown shows or whatever. Well, I was on YouTube, and I just had this idea in my head. Randall Cunningham. I'm going to watch some YouTube videos of Randall Cunningham. That guy was great when I was a kid, and being the Closet Vikings fan, I got to see him when he wasn't running as much on the Vikings, and that guy was awesome. And there was a clip of Randall Cunningham when he was playing for Rex Ryan's dad, Buddy Ryan, with the Eagles, and he told him, hey, uh, get ready to run, so you better lose some weight and get faster. Having that there, that makes me wonder, you know, Rex Ryan has this affinity for a guy like Michael Vick and Tyra Taylor. Well, what do those, those guys do? They run fast. So you have a guy like EJ Manuel with, I mean, you just look at the size, measurables, everything. You know, I warmed up to the EJ pick. You know, I, I did warm up to it after. And now with a guy that's going to let EJ Manuel do what he's good at, which is just be a playmaker, man. Just be a dude on the field. Do your thing. Do you. Do what has kept you successful. But what if he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, we want you to run more, which we know that's what he wants. But what if it's that same Buddy Ryan, Rex Ryan thing? Like, oh, yeah, I remember what my dad did with Randall Cunningham. You're telling me that hasn't gone through Rex Ryan's head? And what Roman's done with Alex Smith, who I've gone over a million times, left for dead in San Francisco, Alex Smith was a useless guy, and I, I that guy is is now solid. Thanks to Greg Roman, they he figured out how to use him. So with EJ Manuel, I don't care who's that quarterback. Okay, I take that back. I do. I really do. I don't know what to think. You know what I mean? Whoever they pick, I just have faith in them, and especially with the draft, especially with the, this coaching staff. How about we let these guys do their job? And that's why I get so pissed off at people who are like, oh, you know, we could have hit Andy Dalton instead of Aaron Williams. Yeah, dude. Hindsight's twenty twenty, man. We could have, huh? You know how many times Tom Brady was passed on? How many times Russell Wilson was passed on? Who cares? It is what it is. Let the guys do their job. They're not idiots. And you could say the same thing for the whole contract situation with Gilmore and Darius. Coming up, everybody's all worried, okay, you know, how much money are we going to give them, and how is this going to work with this? You don't think these guys looked at the, at the available free agents, or I should say, for the next year? You don't think they know what's going to go on? You don't think they know what the market is? You don't think they knew that this would be a light draft, so maybe it was okay to give away that first-round pick? Let's make it happen. These franchise quarterbacks don't grow on trees, so now what do we got to do? We got to run. And we got the running back. We got Percy Harvin, who can run, who could do – he's a utility guy. He's just a weapon. Think about this. 
you plugged all your holes in free agency. I mean, what else can you do? You got a guard. You, you beefed up offensively. Defense, what do you got to do with the defense? I mean, is Landry going to sign? They did release a cornerback this week. But big deal. The draft is what it is. And I can't wait to see what the the picks that they pick up because then we can really have great discussions for the rest of this offseason to lead us into the games. I mean, I love fantasizing what's going to go on. You know, I remember uh, even that one guy they drafted, Tank Carter, years ago, uh, about four years ago. He's with the Browns now, but, you know, they caught him. We thought it was a fifth-round pick, and it's like, whoa, that guy got caught already? And I had an interest in him because, he, you know, he used to race BMX bikes and stuff. I thought that was kind of interesting that he's a football player. But uh, the draft is always interesting, getting the profile, getting everything going. But with the way everything goes with this, we need this, we need that, especially a franchise quarterback, it kind of just – my ears just start bleeding after I hear franchise quarterback, franchise quarterback. Are you a franchise quarterback? Can you win? Can you? It, it, it's it's awful. And I just want playmakers. I, I like the Watkins. I, I like it. I think that guy is under, you know, it's, a lot of people don't want to give him credit. Oh, he was overdraft, overdraft. Like, look, look at the other receivers. They had a little bit more consistency at the quarterback position who got drafted the same year. Oh, you could have gotten him. I'm over it. Let's see what we get. Uh, let's get past this whole no first-round draft pick thing. Let's see what we get. Let's break it down. Let's see how they fit in. And then we can figure out what's going on with the contracts, as I said before. And for you guys who say let's draft a quarterback every year, I want to see them get the repetitions that they need with the CBA. And oh, by the way, don't we already have a guy that we're trying to work on, EJ Manuel, that you don't think they want to salvage their first-round pick from two years ago? You don't think Whaley wants to look smart? I think he does. And if Rex took the job without even knowing how much money he'd get paid, he already said, yeah, I'm coming. And he already knew the quarterback situation, and David Lee was very impressed with him which I understand EJ has its faults, but the kid's working. That's all I care about. Whoever these guys pick, whoever they draft, I'm finally on board. I am on board with, with, with the coaching staff and the front office. But till next time, I'll hit you guys up after the draft, and hopefully our pal Adam Deacon, the Donut King, who I believe he probably fell asleep at home coming up with donut recipes. But if you know Adam Deacon... He's a very special guy. He just disappears. And I'm really proud of him, though. He's had the same phone number now for, I believe, three years instead of every three months. And But that's why we love him. That's why he's here or not here. Actually, he just texted me. Okay, so I may have slept a little later, a little late for 930. Uh, it's going to be too bad. I'm going to have to reply. But please check us out on Twitter, numbillsfan.podbean. Dot com. Numb Bills fan is same on Twitter. Search iTunes. Please tell your friends. And have a good night, day, whatever you're doing. Send me feedback. Call me names. Any attention is great attention. Thank you. Have a good one.